Welcome to another episode of Token Majority Podcast. Your rights, your legal resource. Okay, we're back for our sixth episode. And I heard yesterday that my dad rated this podcast five stars. So, um, welcome. That's true. He did. <laughs> good. Good. Everyone who's listening, please rate us five stars. Yeah. So we're going to get right into it. Here we go. I sometimes, in my free time, go back and watch Johnny like, Depp's case. It didn't seem like they had anything substantive to say. No. All they said was on Johnny's I never side. saw bruising yeah. on Amber. Right. But that is like what everybody thinks is so important. And I think that's really scary for victims of domestic violence or just any kind of violence that if you don't have bad enough injuries, you shouldn't be believed. And if you don't tell enough people contemporaneously with the beatings and you can't be believed. Or if they don't see the physical markings on your body that or, you shouldn't be believed. Yeah. Or if they don't see the actual hit to your face. Right. Or if you don't go to the doctor, I mean, it is so dangerous and that that's kind of mainstream response to this trial is really scary for uh, you would particularly think, women. Yeah. And we talked about this. We talked about how this trial is just doing so much damage to the Me Too movement. Yeah. It's return of the incels. It's surprising because you'd think that people would learn, right? Over 10 years ago, Rihanna was beat by Chris Brown and mm -hmm. she's a strong woman and she went back to him. Yeah. That's a thing that domestic Happens. abuse victims do. Mm -hmm. Even if you're a strong woman, why can't you be a strong woman and also be an abuse victim? Yeah. I think... And if you fight back sometimes, does that make you not an abuse victim? That's what I think people are so wrong about is they're like well didn't amber sometimes wasn't she sometimes the aggressor i'm like are you saying didn't she sometimes ask for it i mean what <laughs> it is so freaky and it really reveals something about a person yeah that's the issue with the term mutual abuse right which is because the term mutual their therapist yeah, used right, right. in johnny's case yeah it, because it implies that both people are on the same power level, right? Mm -hmm. Both people are equally abusive to each other. But of course you're not. If you're Johnny Depp and you're making $600 million a year, allegedly, and you're married to Amber Heard, who you've isolated from her network, you don't permit her to work, you don't allow her to wear what she wants, you control how she does her makeup, which is evidence that we've heard come in that's been essentially uncontroverted by Johnny's team. Yeah. No one's denied that he didn't want her to work. Well, we're still... <laughs> we're talking about evidence. What the evidence has come in. Generally, for, for, from for both, both sides, sides and what we think about both sides. Was there anything about his evidence that you thought worked? I think so. I mean, I think the photographs have not been good for Amber. I do think some of those photographs don't look real. The one that's been talked about a lot, it does just look kind of like blush on her face. Oh, yeah. That one doesn't look about. convincing. All of the photographs kind of look like it is makeup, but I don't require 
photographic evidence to believe an abuse victim also. Mm -hmm. You think the photos are staged? I wouldn't say that I think the photos are staged, but even if I'm not convinced by them, but do I think that she was abused based off of the audio recordings? I do. I think the fact that Mm -hmm. Johnny just speaking to her the way he did was abusive. Yeah. The fact that he called her an effing C-U-N-T. Yeah. And just the destruction of the rooms that they were in when they were fighting. I think it's abusive to break things around your partner while you're screaming at them. Yeah, it causes fear. Yeah. Although I do think that Amber's not the kind of woman who is afraid easily. Like, I'm also the kind of woman who wouldn't necessarily be afraid if my partner was throwing things around in a room with me in it. I'd probably be cackling, laughing like like Amber was. We gotta play the cackling. (laughs) Um, and I do think that the knife stuff that they objected to themselves, which was stupid, stupid, was very good evidence for Johnny's team. The fact that Amber bought him a knife. That said, till death do us part. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, in she's Spanish. Not, yeah. So pretentious. <laughs> this couple, they're weird people. Johnny and Amber. So Ruby's going to play an, an audio yeah. recording of, of, one, the of the, one of their fights. Oh, Did you not get any laughing? The laughing is the, is the, the funniest part. part. But wait, here we go. I must have started it late. Pretty psychotic. Yeah. But people were like, okay, but people were like, oh, this just proves that Amber's the abuser. Yeah, which I didn't take that away from that fight at all. I thought it was... So as the fight goes on, what they're fighting about is Johnny Depp is having an affair with this woman and Amber has found texts and he's trying to leave to go hang out with her, allegedly. Then they get into a fight about how Amber is a talentless whore. And then she calls Johnny Depp a sellout and she a says, baby. You're a baby, Johnny. You're a baby. <laughs> and this was such a big deal that Camille came back on Cross of Amber and was like, you said horrible things to Johnny, didn't you? You called him a baby, didn't you? You called him a you sellout. You said he was a sellout, didn't you? And it's like, girl, like, I'm sorry. Is that but this? That a- <laughs> <laughs> That, yeah. A baby? I mean, it's not nice. Right. But it was I, not effective. It's, I mean, arguably it's abusive, but compared to the stuff that Johnny Depp says to her objectively, I don't see how it, it compares. I don't either. I think the cackling is maybe the best evidence that Johnny <laughs> has shown, just because it makes Amber just seem unhinged to cackle like that. Yeah. But and then I try and put myself in her shoes. 
and maybe I could cackle like that if I was in a relationship that was if you that felt like you destroyed. Were, yeah, if you felt like your partner was constantly demeaning to you about your your Career. work and what kind of roles that you were taking. And yeah, I I also I'm not, I'm I would for, be. I'm not you know making excuses for Amber, but. I will make an excuse for Amber right now because if I'm Amber Heard and my husband Johnny Depp is making fun of my career because I am a sellout. Um, hi, Jack Sparrow. You Most of your money has been earned on 21 Jump Street and Captain Jack Sparrow, a fucking Disney yeah, production. Yeah, she that up. She says that. Good for her. Yeah. I couldn't hear it over the cackling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Okay, so that was one audio recording that we, that was a big deal. What Mm -hmm. do you think about the other audio recordings? Do you find that they were helpful to one side over the other? Um, I thought they were all helpful to Amber. Because Mm -hmm. even that famous one that has gotten so much uh, attention where she says, tell the world, Johnny, tell them I, Johnny Depp, a man, am a victim of domestic violence too. When you hear the whole clip, to me, it makes sense what she's saying. She's like, you beat the shit out of me and yeah, I shoved you. But if you want to take this to court and tell the world that that was an equal fight, yeah, you can go ahead. And then he did. I agree with you. I don't think that says anything about Amber. I don't think she's saying oh, you're a man, so no one's going to believe you. No. You're a man, and everyone believes all women. Clearly, that's not the case. That hasn't been the case ever. Yeah. I do think one thing that's been... Actually, I don't want to say this. It's too victim-blamey. Cut this out. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't said it yet. Okay, well, what I was going to say, two sort of victim-blamey things that I think have worked for Johnny Depp is emphasizing that Johnny Depp is not that much bigger than Amber and emphasizing all of the rings that he wears on his hands. Yeah, I think that was good for Johnny Depp. I've heard a lot of people say, if you got hit in the face with a hand with that many rings, you would have more um, bruising. Yeah, but on the other hand, makeup just does wonders. But some people just don't bruise and swell. I am like a white horse. My um, dental surgeon told me when I got my wisdom teeth out that I would bruise like a white horse, and I didn't know what that meant, but apparently I'm really susceptible to bruising. But really, I don't think that people understand how makeup works. Yeah, maybe that's, yeah, cut out the like horse I showed stuff. Like, I showed you a photo of me <laughs> falling and hitting my face and, like, having a mustache bloody. Hitler and you were able to put makeup on. Yeah, I put no makeup way. over, and I looked like a normal person. Like, didn't you have a huge stab day. on your upper lip? <laughs> yeah, but makeup it works wonders. Wow! Haven't you, I've been watching a makeup show on Netflix lately called Makeup Star or something. People should know the wonders of yeah. makeup. Well, that's why I thought it was so stupid. So Amber Heard calls her makeup artist in her case, who covered her bruises for various appearances, including the James Corden show, which a lot of people talk about. And I believe it was Camila Vasquez was like, do you have special experience covering up bruising? And she was like, um, yeah, I'm a makeup artist. I like cover up it's all sorts funny. of stuff. It's funny. Yeah. I thought it was stupid that Camille even asked that. You know she does her own makeup. You know she knows how to cover up her zits. 
Yeah. Camille is a woman living in Los Angeles and she's playing dumb about makeup. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think that was effective. I thought it was funny, though, that that makeup artist came back and was like, oh, the the concealer kit that Amber uses is Clay de Poe, not Milani, which I think made made Amber so much more credible because it's like, obviously, you didn't use a Milani (laughs) concealer (laughs) kit. Clay de Poe, that makes sense. But people were up in arms about that because people, because yeah. Milani came out and was like, we didn't. Oh, they said that Amber was using this Milani kit and it didn't come out until 2018. Mm-hmm. And it's like, clearly she didn't use that kit. Yeah. Clearly it was a demonstrative exhibit. Like, why would she have kept that kit from 2016? Yeah. It That's was a new kit else about the evidence in this case is people want more evidence of the physical abuse but when you're in an abusive relationship you're not thinking oh I just got out of this relationship and four years from now I'm going to be sued for defamation I better save my makeup kit and well but you're also just a woman in LA you're not it's done it's gone yeah you're going through concealer kits every year I think the women in L.A. are going to feel defamed by this pod. (laughs) I'll speak for myself. I'll speak for myself. (laughs) Um, What have you liked from Amber's case? I don't know which one to talk about. There's the one with the Disney exec that came on and was like, there was no promise or no plans to make Pirate 6. With I thought that was a killer. Mm -hmm. I mean, she actually got a Disney exec to come on and and testify about that. This was the corporate designee, 30B6. I was shocked. I I thought that there was no way that she would bring that on because why would Johnny Depp... Bring take this, this case to court if they had such a killer witness. Why would the judge permit this case to go to trial exactly. when you have a witness that says, no, Disney was not going to offer Johnny Pirate 6 and it had nothing to do with the op-ed? Isn't that just summary judgment? I would think so. It's so crazy. Another witness that I thought was really good was Johnny's longtime friend. The no. bandmate? Yeah, the bandmate. There was, okay, here's, here's what I think is bad about both cases. Bruce both. Whitkin. Yeah, so both Amber and Johnny. Basically, all of their witnesses were people who are no longer in their lives. Yeah. Which is, yikes. A little what bit. What does that say about them? I sort of have a different opinion from you on that, though. <laughs> and not just because I'm trying to be contrary. But, um, so, and I got this idea listening to Bruce Whitkin. So Bruce Whitkin is a friend of Johnny's. They've known each other since they lived in Florida before they even moved out to LA. Johnny used to be married to Bruce's sister-in-law. So they go way, way back. They played a bunch of music together. And then when Johnny Depp started filing all these lawsuits in 2016 against his band or against his business manager and his lawyers and anyone that he could, um, Bruce was deposed And one of the questions was, you know, what was Johnny's abuse of substances like in your friendship? And he was like, Johnny's always wasted. And Johnny was so mad because that ruined his cases against his lawyers and his business managers that he cut Bruce out of his life completely. So Bruce talks about that. And then he also says, you know, Johnny's just surrounded by yes men who never tell the truth because they're on the payroll. And I thought it was so effective because, yes, we saw all those people testify for Johnny all on the payroll and then all of Amber's witnesses were mostly friends 
who she's no longer friends with anymore. And part of the lies that she alleges Johnny spread about her was that she got together with Io Tillett Wright and Raquel Peterson, Pennington. Pennington, her best friend, to manufacture this big hoax. Well, they're not even friends anymore, and they haven't spoken in years. So... I wonder if Amber intentionally cut those people out of her life to create a contrast between her and Johnny and their witnesses. Because I think it does... That would be bad, though, because then that means she's been planning for this trial. You know what I mean? I can see what you're saying. I think in order for that to have benefited her more, she needed them to say something like, not as vague as they said, right? So they said, yeah, um... I don't speak to her, but I'm not friends with her. We just... Drifted apart. I don't know. I just wanted to focus on other relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's just sketchy. You know, I did it, think it was weird. It would have been great if they said, I had a baby. I was doing different things. She was still single. It's, you know... We drifted apart. We're just not in the same place in, in our lives. Which is totally normal. I mean, people who have babies just disappear out of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I think ultimately, on balance, Amber's witnesses have been more credible than Johnny's. I agree. I totally agree. What witnesses have you liked? Um, loved the bandmate, but I thought one of the strongest witnesses for, uh, to cut against Johnny's theory was um, Tracy Jacobs, who was Johnny Depp's uh, manager at UTA, or agent at UTA, for 30 years And she sort of sets up this narrative about how starting in 2010, Johnny's substance abuse and just erratic behavior started to get worse and worse. It was more difficult to cast him. Crews stopped wanting to work with him. He was always showing up late. He was delaying projects, which is like the number one way to lose work in Hollywood because anytime the main character is late, everybody loses money. And um, that... He storms into her office when he's having all this financial trouble because he can't get work anymore. And he's like, you should give me $20 million because I've made this agency so much money over the last 30 years. And they were like, "Um, no, we're not going to do that. And then she was fired. Yeah. And she testified that, I think multiple witnesses testified that his substance abuse problem started before Amber. Yeah. And that the number one reason that it was hard for him to get work was his erratic behavior and substance abuse, mm-hmm. not any allegations that people in the press were making. The other thing I liked about Tracy Jacobs is she talked about how what was hard for Johnny was um, the hit that his reputation took after that Rolling Stone article in 2018. So this was before Amber's op-ed. He was trying to like look like a cool a cool drug addict in Rolling Stone magazine and had them come to his house to do an interview and they just wrote like an awful interview of him just making him look exactly as he must have appeared just a total loony drunk Mm -hmm. she was like that probably hurt his career more than anything else I was surprised too that they were able to call Ellen Barkin yeah Yeah. so that was his ex-girlfriend and she testified about how he was abusive towards her. Yeah. What did you think about Amber's counterclaim? I thought it came in really well. You disagree. You don't like it. I disagree. So I think they called, I can't remember this woman's profession, 
but she testified about how if based on how well Aquaman did, she should have gotten all of these other opportunities when you look at, you know, other women's careers in Hollywood. I think the other witness who was really good for Amber's claim was Adam Waldman, who was Johnny Depp's attorney, who he met in 2016, right before he started filing all these loony lawsuits. Loony might be my word of the day. I've heard, I think I've said it twice already. Um, and they read the statements that Adam put out into the press on Johnny's behalf about how Amber coordinated this hoax with um, Rocky and Io, her two best friends. So then basically the insinuation is that because of these other things around in the public and Amber's career didn't take off like all of these other Marvel movie actors and actresses, mm -hmm. then it must have, there must have been a correlation, cause, and the, causation. The agent who talked about the um, Aquaman stuff also talked about how the studio was having to respond to all of these paid for bots that were like harassing their Instagram accounts about cancel Amber, cancel Amber. And so it just put a lot of pressure on the studio to not want to work with her on the next project. So then she got a really small role in Aquaman 2. She wasn't able to renegotiate her contract. And they said, you know, typically when you've been in Aquaman uh, in a Marvel movie like that, and you've made that much money and a film has done as well as Aquaman does, you're expected to make 10 to $15 million a year moving forward. Amber hasn't even gotten more than one offer per year since then. Yeah, I think that's speculative. Because she also had a baby. <laughs> I'm surprised that. As soon as anybody has a baby, they're cut off from everybody <laughs> else. But I, it's I'm, hard. It's hard to have a... I'm not, I'm not hating no. people who have babies. It's but just, it's hard to have your career and yeah, have a baby. Yeah, exactly. And she had that baby well... If you believe the people on the internet, she took Elon Musk's sperm and had that baby against his will. Why? Why are people talking about why? And why? That? Okay, I know Elon Musk is rich, but do you want to steal his sperm and have his baby and not get any financial? Like, uh, I don't know that that... No, that's not something anybody wants. No. People want the money. They don't want his... Genetics. His <laughs> Thank you for tuning in and follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us at tokenmajority.com.